Please bow your heads. Into this world, this demented inn, in which there's absolutely no room for him at all, Christ comes uninvited. Because he cannot be at home in it, and yet he must be in it. His place is with others for whom there is no room. His place is with those who do not belong, who are rejected by power because they are regarded as weak, those who are discredited, who are denied the status of persons, who are tortured, bombed, and exterminated. With those for whom there is no room, Christ is present in this world. He is mysteriously present in all those for whom there seem to be nothing but this world at its worst. It is in these that he hides himself for whom there is no room. Amen. Please stand as we sing our opening carol once and or remain seated, I'm sorry, as we sing once in David's royal city. Remain seated.
will note as we progress through the service that where there is an asterisk, we will stand together. So let us stand now for the gospel reading. Luke 2, 1 through 7. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went into their own town to be to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. My son Brennan just read our first reading from Luke 2. We know from the dating, the name Quirinius, the dating of the census in the Roman world, with a great degree of accuracy when Christ was born. And it wasn't 0 AD, BC, as we might think actually came several years before that. The process was simple. You went back to the town you were from to register. 
Am I on? I think we've improved on that. I think we've gotten to a place where our census today is taken by pollsters, by mail. We've gotten to the place where we can register as individuals as opposed to clans and families. But that wasn't the case in the Roman world. Joseph had to return from wherever he was to his family's village, his family's town. Because Mary is betrothed to him and with child, he takes her along. It's not an easy journey. While the Roman world had paved roads and the wealthy had chariots or horses, these were humble folk. The tradition has Mary on a donkey or some small animal of burden and Joseph walking the distance. You can see many travelers at this time because of the census going different directions, each to their homestead, their place of origin. But because so many people have come back home, it's like a little town where all the children have moved to the big city for work. But it comes time to come home and there's only one little inn in the town, 12, 20 rooms, and it fills quickly with travelers. And the relatives are overburdened as it is. And as Joseph and Mary arrive, there's no place to be found. The innkeeper takes pity on them and says, you can sleep with the animals. And that probably only because Mary was so with child. The Bible simply records there was no room in the end. In the end. And the spiritual lesson is really clear and common and yet worth repeating. In our travels, in our attempts to meet the burdens and demands of our daily lives, in the work that we do, in the places we must go, in fulfilling our responsibilities to government, and to work, and to home and household. We find ourselves so busy that our hearts have little room. Our energies are gone and consumed. Our perspectives are for leisure and downtime. We long for diversion, for we are a culture of diversion. And I wonder, is there room in the inn of our hearts and our lives? Please stand for the second gospel reading. And there were, in that same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, 
and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you glad tidings of great joy. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. time for the rest of us to sit down while the children come forth for the children's homily. kids for coming on down. Merry Christmas. We love to get a lot of these for Christmas, don't we? And we look forward to it for such a long, long time. But you know that night long, long ago that we're celebrating today, the shepherds weren't looking forward to a gift. When they saw the angels in the sky, they were really surprised. They were really scared. They didn't know that God's greatest gift was being given that very night to this earth, to them and to us. 
The angels were really excited, though. They thought, wow, the God we worship is giving his only son to this earth. They could only contain their excitement. It was more exciting even than, than parents uh, waiting to give their kids gifts on Christmas morning. And then when the shepherds, they went to worship Jesus, and later on the wise men brought their gifts, and we remember we remember Jesus and the gifts given to him when we give and receive our gifts. But sometimes we might think, what could we give Jesus? We don't have frankincense and myrrh and gold like the wise men. But you know what God wants from us most of all? He wants our hearts. He wants our lives. He wants us to live for him, to give him everything. So... Today, after we pray together, I want you each to come up and get a little heart to take back to your seats and keep and just to remind yourselves that what Jesus wants is your heart, your life. And if you haven't already gotten a little bag of some activities, Jesus' great, God's greatest gift for God so loved the world, in the foyer, go ahead and, and take one from me. For older kids, there are some little activity pads back in the foyer in a basket that you can have during the church service. And then as you take up the lamb's offering, let's see, the baskets, the baskets are right behind you. And we'll do that after prayer. But when you take up the lamb's offering, let's remember, some of you come this way too, okay? We want to give the people on this side of the sanctuary opportunity to give too. So let's pray and then come get a little heart. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for giving the greatest gift of all, for giving Jesus. And Lord, now we want to give you our hearts and our lives. We love you. Amen.
a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the, with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about.
Luke 19 shares with us the story of Jesus' entry into Jerusalem a week before his crucifixion. I'm starting in verse 28. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethphage in Bethany on the hill called Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near a place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet... Stones will cry out. Do you hear the exaltation of a king? And when we go back a few chapters to Luke 2, we find heavenly messengers showing up. I can't wait to see one someday. Brilliant as they are, they terrify. But the word of God is fear not. For I'm bringing you glad tidings of great joy. And at the news of glad tidings, at the news of the good word, at the news of the arrival of the king, as he comes not to Jerusalem in this case, but to earth, the hosts of heaven cannot help themselves. They burst forth in song. Hosanna. Glory to God in the highest. On earth, peace. Good will toward men. This season is about the Lord's favor. It is about His action and intention of good will toward each one of you and I. This season is not about the trappings, although I love them all. It's not even about the music, and I love it all. This season is about God's gracious, good, and perfect will where each of you are concerned. And that will says, I come in peace. I come with good news. On that day long ago, a Savior was born. His name, Christ the Lord. He will fulfill Old Testament prophecy. Those words spoken by Isaiah and Zechariah and Malachi and Haggai and Daniel 
and Joel and Amos. He will fulfill these words, the words of the psalmist. He will be great and he will reconcile heaven and earth once again. No longer will you be enemies with the God you mistrusted, but you will be called his friends and his children. This is the good news. This is why the angel says, Fear not. And this is why the heavens burst forth in song. Because if they don't, the stones themselves will start singing God's praise. We have come to that time when we have our traditional tree offering. For those of you visiting with us, I do apologize. It seems there are an awful lot of offerings taken at this church. I want to assure you that that isn't our usual practice. Normally, we let children collect an offering for a scholarship fund every week as part of their participation in our worship hour. And we collect one offering for the tithes and the offerings, which will be at the end of the service. But on this very special day, around Christmas, we bring an offering to God that we place on the tree. And this year, as last year, it will go to help pay off the debt for our facility and in support of children's ministries. Please be generous as you bring forth your tree offering and we sing, O come, all ye faithful.
Please stand. So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning all that they had been told about the child, and all who heard were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, praising and glorifying God for all the things that they had been told.
the shepherd's response was that of amazement. They had witnessed the rocks crying out, as it were. The heavens had opened, the angels had sung. The spectacle they witnessed that night, the glory they witnessed that night, made an indelible, unforgettable, lasting, and newsworthy impression. Word managed to spread pretty quickly even before the days of texting and twittering and emailing and posting on Facebook. And I know that there are some of you posting right now that I said that on Facebook and shame on you. And don't put a picture of me on your wall either. (laughs) And so the shepherds spread this wonderful news. They tell everybody what they've seen. They can't help themselves. They spread the news about the glory that has come and they go and they find the babe. They witness it for themselves. This wonder. Oh no, it's not a freak show. This isn't some bizarre thing. They have heard testimony of a king. And they have come to see him and pay their respects. Ever been told something or learned something or done something that you just kind of needed personal confirmation for? Oh, come on. Really, I mean... No self-doubt there whatsoever on anything ever in your lives? Can I have therapy with you? (laughs) You see, we all come to this place where we learn something, hear something, experience something, but it's sure nice when somebody else confirms for us our point of view. Mary had a point of view, and it was a hard sell. Think about it. A virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. That's a tough sell. She knew what she heard. She knew what she saw. She knew what she experienced. She had a supportive person in her life who decided after he heard and saw and experienced to go along with it. But in this glorious night of no room and the days that followed, the shepherds showing up and praising God, the word getting back of the angels and their glory, The things said about the baby were confirmation. Mary, the scripture says, treasured up these things in her heart. She treasured them. She wondered what some of them meant. Oh yes, she had been visited by the angel, but she wasn't real clear on this whole thing. How many of you would be? And she pondered these things and treasured them in her hearts. That night, 
when the angels burst forth in song, singing, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. That night, the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Everything was congruent. Everything matched. It all came together. And don't miss the footnote. And on the eighth day, when it came time to circumcise the child, he was named Yeshua. In the Greek, Jesus. The name the angel had given him before he was conceived. Because Yeshua is the Lord saves. And he will save his people from their sins. Glory to God. Our tithes and offerings will be collected at this time by our deacons. Thank you. and sing joy to the world.
this Christmas, may the Lord bless and keep us, for we have been so richly rewarded in the King who has come. For this grace and mercy we give you thanks, and like the stones we cry out, Amen. Glory to God in the highest.